This morning, I invite you to open your Bibles to Micah chapter 5 and also uh, open up to Luke chapter 2. Uh, we're going to kind of look at several scriptures this morning together, but we're going to look at both the promise and the fulfillment of our shepherd king's coming. So Micah chapter 5 and Luke chapter 2 is not what's printed in your bulletin. And in Micah chapter 5, we're going to start in, uh, at the end of verse 1. Micah is talking about how the promised deliverer will suffer and will be smitten. Um, and you'll see that in a moment. But before we read God's word, let's ask our shepherd king to feed us by his word. Lord, we want to see you. Open the eyes of our heart to behold you. Help us to long to see you face to face when you come back for us and finally reveal what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what you have prepared for us who love you because you first loved us. And we pray this in your mighty name. Amen. So Micah chapter 5 at the end of verse 1, with a rod, they strike the deliverer of Israel on the cheek. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephratath, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. And then from Luke chapter 2, we're going to look briefly at verses 7 through 20. Verse 7, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace 
among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Amen. May God bless his word to nourish our souls. And this morning, we're simply going to look at the shepherds and the shepherd king. Okay, two, two points, the shepherd and the shepherd king. Now, have you ever felt uncared for, like nobody cared about you? Uh, or have you ever felt like you were lost and just wandering? I'm, I'm thinking of a time when, when I was a kid, I was really little in a department store and I'd wandered off from my mom and I, I was hiding in one of those, you know, circular uh, coat hanger racks and I thought it was a cool fort until I realized, okay, I have no idea where mom is. I'm utterly alone and I was scared. Uh, so I peeked out the coats and didn't, didn't see mom and so started running around and finally I saw her around the corner and my heart just felt this flood of peace finally because I was not alone. It's tough as a kid to, to feel alone, but we still feel alone as adults sometimes. Jesus has come so that we can know that we're not alone. He has come as our great shepherd to seek us out when we're lost and to bring us home. And so this morning we're going to look at the shepherds that are told about the great shepherd king who has come to find us. So, but first let's look at the shepherds. Now, shepherds back then were, were kind of like cowboys, right? But a lot less cool, right? They were, they didn't have uh, social standing. Uh, and these guys in our, our passage, uh, they were working the night shift, right? They were living out there with the sheep uh, at night. And so they, they had a tough job, um, but they were Bethlehem shepherds. And these were the shepherds who uh, raised the sheep who would be offered as the Passover lambs, uh, offered as the sacrifices at Passover. That was their job. And so even in Jesus' birth, we get this hint of the coming Passover. We're reminded of the reason he was born to be our Passover lamb as our sacrifice. Now, there's a rich uh, heritage and lineage of shepherds in Israel. Abraham, Moses, and David were all shepherds. And God made great promises to them about deliverance and about a Messiah. 
and so now God is showing that he is going to honor his promise. He hasn't forgotten his covenant promises. And he is announcing the coming of the Christ to shepherds first. Isn't that cool? Uh, because the coming shepherd uh, was, was going to rescue and find his sheep, the angel shows up and announces this good news to shepherds. Now, this, this image of a shepherd is the image that Jesus himself chooses uh, for his example of a leader, one who pastors, one who shepherds his sheep and is even willing to lay down his life for his sheep. And God himself is frequently identified as the loving, tender shepherd of his sheep throughout the Old Testament. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd in John 10. And he wants us to know that he cares for us, that he knows us, he knows his sheep by name, and he will never abandon us. You know, the hired guy just runs away when he sees the wolf coming, but not the shepherd. The shepherd will fight for his sheep. And so when the glory of Jesus' birth is announced, it's appropriate, as we said, that it's announced to shepherds, even though the shepherds were despised and unwanted, um, so was Jesus, right? He came to be rejected. He came to a handful of rejects uh, living out in the livestock, in the field with the livestock. He sent his messengers, his heavenly messengers. And if you think about it, angels are like glorious shepherds, right? They are spirits sent to minister to the heirs of salvation, as Hebrews puts it. And so they are watching over us, the sheep. Um, but they are glorious and, and dreadful warriors. Uh, and they're, it's like they're clothed in lightning. And, and they're, the shepherds are terrified when they see this one angel. And then imagine the sky lighting up and seeing this huge choir of angelic warriors uh, singing this song of peace and good news. But this song and this message comes to people who are on the outside, right? They're out in the field. They're despised. They're looked down upon. It's, it's news. It's good news for the fringe, right? The shepherd has come for you. He wants you. He cares about you. And so the most important thing ever announced on planet earth is announced to these shepherds. God's covenant promises are fulfilled. And then they're told to go on a mission, right? To go to the manger, to see this child. Would you put a newborn baby in an animal feed box? I guess if that's the best thing you had, right? <laughs> Mary and Joseph had no room for them in the end, right? They were out in the manger, and Jesus was placed in this manger. And I think this shows us that he is the food for the sheep. He is in the house of bread. Remember, that's what Bethlehem means, the house of bread. The city of David, that shepherd of old. 
God is going to feed his sheep and he places in the feed box his own son to be our food. It was the shepherd's job to know about lambs being born, right? That's kind of a a tough part of the shepherd's job and to help them be born, right? So it seems fitting that the good news would come to these lamb catchers, to these shepherds, that the best shepherd was now here. The perfect lamb is now here. The king of lambs, the king of angels. And so the angels from the highest throne room of heaven come down out into the boonies to bring these outsiders into the song of heaven. The lowest class of legitimate workers are brought into this joy of the angels. May that be our passion. May we not think that we are too low or that we are too high to share the message with all those around us. But now let's look at what this message is about, about the shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep and what he brings to us. So Jonathan Edwards preached a sermon, The Excellency of Christ, highly commended to you, but he talks about the convergence of diverse excellencies in Christ. That Christ has both infinite glory and infinite condescension. He is the great possessor of heaven and earth, and yet he comes near to the brokenhearted and crushed and sinful and hurting and rejected. Others may despise you or look down upon you, but not Jesus. And so we see that though he is above all, he is lowest of all in humility and humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. What humiliation to be nailed naked to a cross to save us. Infinite majesty and yet transcendent meekness. Infinite justice and infinite grace. Deepest reverence toward God and equality with God. You see these, this convergence, this joining of diverse excellencies in Christ. Self-sufficient and yet entirely trusting upon his heavenly father and submitting to his plan. This feeble infant, he says, born in a stable and laid in a manger, was born to conquer and triumph over Satan, that roaring lion. He came to subdue the mighty powers of darkness. And as mighty and conquering as he is, he holds us tenderly in his arms when we're hurting. Revelation 7 says, For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, shall shepherd them, and lead them to the fountain of living waters, and God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. I love this question that Edwards poses. He says, what are you afraid of that you don't come to Christ? Are you afraid that he can't conquer the enemies of your soul? He is the almighty God. 
Are you afraid that he will not be willing to stoop so low as to be gracious to you? What could you want in a savior that is not in Christ? And has not Christ been made low enough for you? Think how low he came to rescue us. And he says, come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are weary, you're heavy laden. I'll give you rest. He gives himself to us. Now, our shepherd brings us what we were designed to do, to praise God. Our shepherd enables us to praise God. And he brings the highest praise to God. He brings the fulfillment of the promise of God. All the promises of God are yes and true in him. And that brings us the celebration that never ends. And he brings us the peace of God because all enemies are conquered. And we rejoice in the knowledge of the glory of God. We will see him face to face. I've sinned. I don't deserve to be in the presence of God. My life goes off the rails and I get scared. I wander off like a lost sheep, but he has a plan and he comes after me. He brings me his grace and peace. And as the angel said, he's pleased with us. Can you imagine? I mean, look at your life honestly for a second. How can God be pleased with us? He's pleased with us in Jesus. He's pleased with us because of Christ's perfect obedience and because of his perfect sacrifice. And he is working what is pleasing in his sight into our hearts, into our character day by day until he finally makes us to perfectly reflect him when we stand before the throne without a single fault when he's perfected us. You see, Christ's first coming guarantees his second coming. He proved that he will show up for us and he will show back up for us. He's gonna come and make everything sad come untrue. He's gonna come and wipe away every tear from our eyes. Uh, Thomas Goodwin explains John 14, 3, which says, I will come again and receive you to myself. Thomas says, it's, it's the manner of bridegrooms when they have made everything ready in their father's house, then to come themselves and fetch their brides and not to send for them by others, not just to send, send some chariot uh, to go get them, but to go get them themselves because it's a time of love. Do you realize how much Jesus desires to be with you? We can't fathom how strong his desire is to come for us, how his mind is always upon his return because his mind is upon us. Hebrews 9, 26 through 28 explains, he says, Jesus has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He's talking about his first coming. He came to deal with sin, to put it away. 
But so uh, he says, so Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many, he will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Jesus has already atoned for our sin. He will appear to rescue us. It's like if, if you put something on layaway or if you pay for something, you're not going to just like leave it at the store forever, right? I mean, some of us, we might actually conceivably do something stupid like that. But is God going to do that when he's paid the infinite price of his only son for us? Is he going to leave us hanging? He's already purchased us. He will come back for us. You know, when you're watching uh, the big game and uh, there's like two minutes left and then something happens to the TV, like it shuts off uh, or you lose, uh, you know, power or you're like, no, I want to see the end of the game. Uh, or if you're watching a good movie and, you know, you, you just can't uh, find out what, what happens because the TV shut off. Well, God wants us to know the end of the movie, the end of his story, this great story of redemption. Jesus is coming back for us. Peter says to set your hope fully on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus appears. The peace we long for is brought by the end of the story. And Advent teaches us to long for Jesus. He's come the first time. He's come as our shepherd. He's going to feed us. He's going to provide for us. He's going to protect us. But he's coming again, and we need to long for his second coming, for the final victory where he destroys death. You are a part of the story, the story of redemption. We all have parts to play in this story. Jesus is the star of the show, right? We are not the star. He's rescued us and he fuels us daily so that we can remind each other of the end. We can remind us when he's coming back to bring us to the great wedding feast of the Lamb. Advent teaches us to wait for him, to not take shortcuts. How are you tempted to take shortcuts? How are you tempted to not wait for this promised shepherd? You know, sometimes we don't want to wait. Sometimes we, we kind of think, oh, well, he's let me down or he's not going to handle this apparently, right? He's letting us get hurt. He's letting us even get killed. He's letting us be scared and lose things that are precious to us. And yet he has a purpose for all these things. He's not leaving us hanging. Pain is a gift of God to us to show us what is truly valuable. Uh, Even death itself is a butler that brings us into the presence of God. All our pain is working for us an eternal weight of glory, Paul says. This light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Uh, 
So we need to have this great return of our shepherd in mind. You know, kids, think about how excited you are about Christmas break, right? You've been looking forward to this, haven't you? Um, This is the Christmas break that never ends when Christ comes back for us. And it's the honeymoon that never ends, the wedding feast of the Lamb. We need to long for our true wedding day. Hear Revelation 19. Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Advent is the answer to our anxiety, to our anger, to our agonizing pain. Jesus will show up for us. He will reveal himself to us. He's going to show up for us like no one has ever showed up for us before at his return. Listen to how Paul puts it in Philippians 3. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. He can take this broken dust and transform it and make it indestructible to be like his body. Paul tells the Corinthians, you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So let us long for our shepherd. We can experience him day by day, but set our hopes fully on the grace to be brought to us when he returns, when he brings us into his heavenly fold and makes all things new. When we get angry, when we get afraid, and sometimes that happens a lot, we get stressed out over Christmas, don't we? Uh, We feel like so many things aren't right with this world and we think about the losses that we've gone through. The holidays can be so hard. This life is just a breath, and then it goes up in smoke. So how do we be thankful when we're so tempted to dwell in our our hurt and anxiety, our sadness? Whether the pain comes or goes, uh, whether it's constant, God has given us something to look forward to. He's given us the answer that he is coming back for us. Our shepherd will bring us home. And so we can talk to Jesus. We can tell Jesus our pain. We can go to him for the love and the healing that we need. Jesus is going to make all things new. I can leave all of my anxiety on his shoulders. He is coming again for us and nothing will ever hurt us again. Let's take some time to cast all our anxiety upon him. 
because he really does care for us. Let's pray together. Great Shepherd, you are so glorious. You're the source of everything that we need. Thank you for coming to be our sacrifice. Thank you for rising again and conquering death. Thank you for being our bread from heaven, our cup of blessing that overflows. King Jesus, we need you to take our stress. We need you to take our hearts that are broken and grieving. Hold us up. Thank you that we belong to you, body and soul. We pray that you would help us to come alongside each other this Christmas and that you would help us to show your love and care to each other. We especially pray for Harley and Katie as you lead them to Germany and provide for them. Please use them to bring in your lost sheep. We pray for their home to be a safe haven and a place of rest, for you to protect them from all the wolves, all the attacks of Satan. Nourish them, encourage them, let them experience the community of your body, Lord Jesus, and hold them in your hand. Show them your love every day and show each of us your love every day as we are on mission for you here as well and as we show love to those around us. Work this in our hearts and use us, we pray, for we ask it in your mighty shepherd's name. Amen.